Hello and welcome to uh, another Friday edition of MTD CNC On The Road. Uh, this is the programme or the podcast that's broadcast and filmed uh, every Friday and is released at 6pm across our channels. It's where we go into detail about what we've done um, the, in the week that's just elapsed, where we've been, what we've learned, what we've seen and also um, some of the things that have been on the news Uh we're going to talk about football today, of course. Why wouldn't we and how couldn't we? Uh, and we also talk about where we're going to be next week and what we're up to. Uh, in today's um, edition, I'm joined by just one person. I've normally got two, but unfortunately the guys are all over the country today with it being um, Friday and obviously things busy at the moment. Uh, I've just got Giovanni Albanese with me. Uh, Gio, how are you doing? You all right? <laughs> yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Really well, thank you. Good, good, good. Now, you'll see if you're watching this that, of course, I'm wearing an England shirt and Gio's wearing a, um, a blue shirt, which isn't an English one, it's an Italian one. Um, and we're wearing these because both teams have progressed into the quarterfinals. Italy playing tonight, England playing tomorrow. Now, if all things go according to plan, we could meet uh, or the teams could meet in the final, couldn't they? And and you were at Italy on Saturday, weren't you? Now, it must be clear to say that you've got allegiances to both teams, but you're, <laughs> you're just wearing the blue for the uh, for the sake of this podcast. Would that be right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Paul, you know, I'll be over the moon if England or Italy win, and, and my children will be too. So they, they, they're probably more of a, an English fan so far than an Italian fan. But yeah, it's been a brilliant tournament so far. And how was the game? Because you went to the game last Saturday when Italy just managed to, and I, I'm... I don't mean this uh, facetiously, if that's the right word, um, managed to scrape through, didn't they? I say scrape through, you were, you were almost lost. Uh, I saw Austria scored in the second <laughs> half, didn't they? And it was just ruled out by VAR. But Yeah, Paul, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I believe they probably peaked a little bit too early. They played really well in their group stages and they just didn't turn up against Austria at all. Um, they were very lucky to get away with that. And... Um, they, they just didn't show the passion or desire that they did in the first three games. They, they got away with one there, definitely. Did they, they scored in extra time, didn't they? They scored two in extra two, time. They, right. seemed, they, seemed, they played okay first Was half. it Morata that scored or, uh, in the... Um, no, it that's was, the Spain guy. What's no, the, it was Inzaghi. Inzaghi scored one. It was a good second half. Uh, no, sorry, good second half. Well, good extra time for Italy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big game tonight. It's a really big game for Italy tonight. I think Belgium are probably, you know, one of the best teams in the world, especially where they've been ranked by FIFA as one of the best teams. They are number one, aren't they? Statistically. But it depends to me. I've been listening this morning um, to talk sport. That it, it anchors, I think, on two players, Azard and um, oh, who's the other one that's uh, for Belgium that might be injured. Oh, Azard and not Lukaku. Oh, there's, an, there's another one. I can't remember the... Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, anchoring on those two two backbones of the team and they may not be playing. And if they're not playing, then I think fall, things fall in your in your Yeah, they're, 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 le they're, make, they're leaving it to the last minute to make a decision on them two players. Um, it slipped, uh, slipped from my mind oh, as well. Uh, De Bruyne. De Bruyne, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's leaving it to the very last minute. But I mean, you know, the, the, both, both teams now have gone four games w without losing, won four games on the trot. Um, both teams have won 14 games on the trot. Um, you know, in, in, in the European Championship. Have they met before? Recently? Yeah, they've, they've met before in the past. And, and there's one good thing that's going for Italy that in past tournaments that they've met four times and Italy have won every one or they've not lost to, to, to Belgium in a major tournament. So that's one thing that's going in their favour. But you just you just never know. You just never you know. know. It's going to be a big game tonight. I, do, really game. I do think that Italy may have it just because they might manage the game better. As a, as a nation, they're used to this level of football. And I think Belgium, 
the expectations have been so high for so long that, you know, what's going to happen on the day? It's like England, isn't it? It's exactly like it's England. It's like a chess match. It, it, on, very, on Tuesday, yeah. I was fortunate enough. You were there, obviously, on Saturday. I was at Wembley on Tuesday. And that was a masterclass of game management. Now it could have gone it could have gone completely wrong, but the game management was just absolutely spot yeah. on. I still think the performance was pretty poor. I think both Germany and England were were pretty poor. I don't think we've been tested in any way, shape, or form yet, which I think Italy have. Austria, bear in mind, they beat Ukraine, didn't they? Um, but actually, Ukraine are a good side as yeah. well. So I'm a Austria, little bit... Austria played well. Austria yeah. did play very well, and and I totally agree with you. I think Martinez and, and Man Mancini, if you put them head to head, I, I would definitely favour Mancini's tactics 100%. And I think it could boil down to to, to very fine margins. 100%. It's going to be a tight game, and, and and with the England game, Paul, I think that you know I'd love to have come with you to that one as well. You know, um, but I've got to do some work. <laughs> um, but but you know, I, I watched that game and and. I was impressed. I was impressed with how solid they were. And I think that, yeah, it could have gone either way. But Germany, you know, how they played against Portugal, especially, I thought that they come out all guns blazing. And, 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 and like you said, game management, I don't think England allowed them to play the I way think, in which they England wanted to. I think England just took the stick. They, bore, yeah. they made it a boring game. The first half, it was... I mean, I left at 42 minutes and went in the bar because it, the, the first half was so poor. But the second half, I just think we just slowly up the... T it was it was almost like Gareth had said, this is what I'm going to do, and if it works, brilliant. And, and, and luckily it did. Yeah. Tomorrow night, different sketch for us, I think. You've got I the heat of Rome. It's going to be warm, I yeah, would imagine. It's, it's very hot. No fans. Yeah. You've got a Ukrainian team that are that are... They've got no expectations and they've got two or three very, very good players. I do so. fancy England. I do fancy them getting to the final mm. pool. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I, I, hope, you know. I hope you're right. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> start listening to Talk Sports. So anyway, on with what we've been up to this week. But certainly a couple of things in the news this week that there's always loads of stuff in the news, but two things that have, have, have been really good is the uh, Nissan unveiled the um, one billion flagship electric vehicle hub investment to create uh, EV manufacturing ecosystem, a world first EV manufacturing ecosystem uh, which could create a record-breaking uh, well thousands of jobs we're led to believe and you can hear more about that and see more about that on the MTD MFG channel uh, other news in um, on MTD CNC this week one that really stood out to me is uh, Fanuc have just uh, installed their 750,000th industrial robot which wow. uh, you know it's a lot of robots wow. isn't it but yeah. you've got to admit when you watch the tv and you watch these stories about nissan and all the rest of it you see these robots loading things they tend to be yellow don't they absolutely it's taking yeah. nothing away from other robot manufacturers but yeah. they are uh, doing pretty well they produce around eight thousand industrial robots every month at their factory in japan so um obviously uh, you know a very busy business and in fact um I'm there on Monday, so I'm looking forward to that. So let's start with where we were this week. Uh, we've had some really, really terrific things go on this week. I mean, the, the first thing was on Monday, um, Lindsay was at Merck Aerospace where they, I, I was I was hoping to make this visit some weeks ago, but some, some things changed and I, I couldn't actually get um, up north where they are. But they've just installed their fifth Matsura in five years, one every year. And I think what's interesting here is they started with the MX520 and they've kind of then... Uh, increased into the automation side so they've gone up to the the mams and the 330s with the pallet system they had 11 spindles before which they've now reduced uh, to just five with matsura and they're making more parts than ever now that's a good um so i suppose that's good evidence of a story that actually says what we tend to talk about a lot isn't it where you've got a lot of spindles and you've got you know you're not making the most of them 
get fewer and make more. It's a good. I think that, yeah, I mean, they pride themselves on, on keeping that spindle running, don't they, with the pallet systems that they offer on the Matsuras. I mean, they're, they're just money-making machines, you know, and it's a per... I used to visit uh, Merck years and years ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, years and years ago, I used to visit them, and they have definitely grown significantly, and I like the way that, that in which they work there. You know, their parts are not all high volume parts, but they're still getting that productive rate out of their machine tools, you know, and, and they're keeping them running 24 seven. I think it's- So it's Merck Aerospace. Is it aerospace parts or do they do a lot more than that? Can you remember from your visit I think there? it's predominantly aerospace parts. I'm not sure if they, they they go and do any other work in different industries, predominantly aerospace parts. And why parts are they called Merck, do you know? Not sure. <laughs> no, is no. It, is it a case no. of the Mercedes name, the Merc car is known <laughs> for this, and so we're going to yeah, not put sure about that one, Paul, But great, great. They the, use a lot of Hoffman stuff as well. I mean, they're really kind of, you know, with the vending solutions. Um, another one of our clients, you know. So they're they're always looking to become more efficient in any way, shape, and form that they can. What I like about this story is the is the evolution from the from the single table five axis up to the to the you know the, the five axis machine with a pallet system and again it's another 330 that's going into the field mm. it is a good point to to make at this point though it isn't just matsura that are selling these pallet machines at the moment there is pretty much everywhere i'm going um you know i've been to mill cnc this morning which we'll we'll talk touch on uh, later on the show they're selling a lot of their machines with automation. You know, it's becoming, I know we keep talking about standard. it, but it's standard. becoming a standard, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. It's almost like you sell a piece of kit now with automation and say, if you don't want it, you need to take it off. Paul, it's I can remember there. when I joined MTD, we, we were we were kind of talking about automation all the time, you know, on, on how it wasn't being adopted in the UK and how everyone else around the world was adopting it more. That's yeah. changing now. It is, it is. And uh, long may that continue as well. And it doesn't cost jobs either. We go to so many places where they're employing more people as a result of their business growing because they've adopted it creates better jobs it creates better jobs yeah um tuesday geo you're at brown and homes yeah this crops up a lot on our list and hi or heimbook sorry heimbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we went to heimbook and um it's a really great story this is i went to meet nick and, and dave and um we're looking at the evolution of work holding so we looked at how how their company started with spring collets and making spring collets and now they've just continually continuously evolved and, and it's a nice theme you, you know you know moving on from what you've just mentioned but with with their solution now it's it, it is really market leading in, in what they supply and, and now they've also got some fantastic solutions for milling machines and that can be automated too so whether you're looking to automate the lathe not just automate the the, the components and, and auto change the components over, but also automate the setups, you know, whether it be on a milling machine and palletize the setups or on a lathe. So there's, there's some real nice, um, I've seen a lot of exhibitions where they've got robots working in conjunction with their systems, loading and changing yeah. collets and things like that. Are they getting any success with that in the UK? Are, are they seeing, are you seeing systems like that? Or are you seeing, um, systems where, okay, they're still automated, but they're manually changing the parts. Is uh, it, they, I've not seen it enough if mm. i'm being you know i've not seen it enough it still needs to grow a lot more the solution is there it's available it works it's simple as you would expect from a, an ironbook product but again it, it's not being utilized enough they've got such a, a large array now of, of zero point uh, systems for the milling machines too which you'll, you'll see on next friday's swarf and chip show so that the, 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 the people that are watching this podcast can fi find out more but you know, it, it, I can't 
Is this like the Manox system for the milling side? The Manox system is the manual chuck that you can use on a fifth axis machine. So you know how you kind of prepare a billet for a centric gripper on a fifth axis machine? You could prepare a big uh, billet, whether it be square, prismatic or round, by simply just turning a boss on it and then putting it into the manic. The zero point system is a palletized system where you'd have the base that permanently stays onto the machine bed and then your top plate, yeah. You just so the, the robot can change the, the top plate too. Mm. The solutions that they got are very simple and they really just work. I can see why with the robots, I can understand why there would be a, maybe a reticence to use a robot to change collets and things because it is really taking things to the next level. Yeah. But I think once you've done it and you implemented it and you got used to the fact that actually you can, you've got a set of collets and however and it's, and it's, it's being changed, you, you would quickly it's go... It's so simple. You, you would, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, you look at it and go, really, do I need a, a robot to change that? Can I do that myself? But actually, the more you get someone in there doing these things, the, you know, the less competitive it won't surprise me paul be. you know we, we'll, we'll be having this conversation again in a year's time and you know it'll be used you know in a lot more places than it currently is i think it's something that maybe we need to kind of do more videos on and, i think and you should show. see if you can get the guys to take you it you can go um, by boat but i went to the Heinbuch <laughs> factory in germany it must have been about four years ago nick uh went with I went with Nick or, uh, and one of his colleagues, and I tell you what, we had a really, really good trip over there. They've got a terrific factory mm. where they make everything. Um, you know, you can see them turning, grinding, assembling all of their parts. You can see the stock of all of the, their collets and the different solutions that they've got. It really is a big outfit, um, but it needs to be to support the global market. I mean, look at how well Tony's doing with Heinbuch in the States as well. Everywhere it, it, he goes, he's talking about quick change. It, it's uh, such a systems. big brand now. And, and, and I think it's just simplicity through design. They've, they've designed such a fantastic solution that's so simple to use, that works. And I mean, even for, you know, the evolution of gears, for example. I mean, gear manufacturing in the UK is quite big at the minute. And, you know, with their expanding mandrel systems as well, something that maybe some people might not be aware of. Obviously, you can use the expanding mandrels as a modular system on the laves, but you can also use them on hobbing machines, on milling machines, on, you know, so they've got solutions um, for pretty much every application. And unfortunately, I think that they're such a, a household name for collet chucks that people just think of Ironbook as the people to go to for collet chucks and might not be necessarily aware of everything else, else that they, they do. do. Which is our job to yeah. educate, which you do a brilliant job of, Gio. Just before we talk about Wednesday, I just want to mention uh, some of the videos that have been released on the website this week. Um, a whopping 25 new technology videos have hit our channel over the last seven days. We've had videos um, from Haas uh, reviewing their ST40 machine, which we, in fact, the podcast last week came from Haas's workshop in Leicester. We've had videos from GOM, which, of course, you've been involved in Geo, from Zeiss as well, uh, from Walter Tools. We've had videos from the Techno Group in Rugby, Roskamac down on the south coast, uh, Zeiss, if I haven't mentioned that one already, Horn and Makino. So plenty of stuff and not forgetting Goering as well. Plenty of new videos added to to the channel in the last seven days. Now on Wednesday this week, um, with a bit of a sore head, uh, Joe and myself um, embarked on a live show at uh, the Engineering Technology Group working with Bloom. I've got to say, I think it was probably uh, one of the best ones we've done so far in terms of the interactivity and the engagement. Um, questions were coming thick and fast about how in-process measuring can help, you know, how it works, what accuracies it achieves, what things affect it. Um, the, the whole aim of the, the event was to really show 
how you could take a part and machine it from start to finish and check the size of it. Uh, if it's made a mistake, recheck the size of it, remachine, um, check the surface finish of the part, also set all the tools. And all of this was done in process. It's on our YouTube channel. It was a really good 45 minute session. So you can find that um, by visiting our YouTube channel. If you're watching this now, you'll be able to just navigate your way through and see it. Really worth a watch. I thought I knew a lot about probing, but I certainly know more now than I did then. And I've got to say that's down to a few things. Uh, obviously, firstly, Bloom's technology. But David Mould, you watched it. How, how good was he on that show? I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Steve Brown. He was brilliant and they were the hosts. But David no, knew his stuff so, so much. Yeah, didn't he, he really impressed me. He was very technical. You, you could tell he was passionate about his products. He, he knew his product inside out. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, you, if you were someone that's not used probing before, you'd want to go out and buy probing for your machine tool. You know, he, 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 he broke down a lot of barriers to entry in regards to probing. It's one of them products like so many out in the field that you know gets overlooked in my opinion you know we don't really need it we can do without it we don't need it to manufacture the part but in fact it can really save you a lot of money and time which ultimately you know reducing cost per part is everyone well, should be everyone's goal yeah. <laughs> well we're, we even said to him at the start um, do you want to know the kinds of questions? I mean, I had two A4 bits of paper, which I'd looked at the day before and thought things I want to find out and research. No, no, I don't, I'm not. Just ask me on the start. I, I know most people go, yeah, what, what, what are you going to ask? What are you going to ask? Mm. But he was so um, confident, so confident and ready yeah. to answer anything. One of the things that I wanted to try and get across early on, which 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 he did in fairness as well, was the, the fact that... Um, some people argue it's better to set set tools off the machine as opposed to on the machine. And of course, he sits in the camp of firmly setting tools on the machine using um, tool setting and how fast it can actually be to set them on the machine. And the benefits of setting the tools on the machine if there's, you know, if a tool wears and you need to come back and double check it, you know, they're, they're things you can't do if you have to take tools out of the carousel and off the machine to recheck them and put them in. So it was a very, very valuable exercise. And even me measuring things like surface finish, I'd, I didn't think you could get uh, a stylus that would, would be able to do that as well. And it's, it, was, it was fascinating to hear. I think it's in, imperative, you know, to, to use this kind of te technology in, in certain industries. I mean, I use, I've used it in the past for lots of different reasons. You know, sometimes, say, for example, you were loading castings into, the, into a work holding device. Because there's variance in the castings, if you weren't using, say, a centric gripper where the, it comes, brings the casting into the middle, if you were using um, a fixture, for example, with a fixed jaw, then the datum point is always going to move. Because if the if the casting is is varying in size, the data inputs going to move. So we, you could also not only align the part or the casting, which can rotate your program yeah, yeah, accordingly, yeah. but it can recheck and, and re put your datums into your program so that every single part is being machined correctly. So you know, for example, the right meat is around the features, if that, if that makes sense, on a casting, for example. But there was so many different re ways I used probing for and again to, to well, check tools, in your, in your days, OGO, how, how – because, I mean, going back to when I was on a machine, I, I, ne we, we, I never had the, the – the, the, yeah, the probing like they've got these days. I mean, measuring parts was done with a, you know, a, a vernier, even a digital caliper, if I was if I was lucky. Well, when I first started out, Paul, in, as a toolmaker, when I first got onto the CNCs before Faxis Rotary Table, when we were making special cutting tools um, on, on the rotary table, they were, they, you know, it was like a, say, for example, a U-drill. So you had to clock the U-drill to make sure it was perfectly in the middle and set the, the Y datum. 
Yeah. So I'd use a clock yeah. um, to set, and then you'd get the mirror on the other side yeah, and make sure it's zero, zero. Yeah. But then when I went into the aerospace industry, that wasn't too just long after that. The machine did. <laughs> the probe would be in the program. Yeah. The probe would be in the program. So it would come in, and before it, it does any machining, it probed the part to reset the datums. Yeah. So, for example, if it was just slightly out for whatever reason, it would reset that datum because of the level of accuracy that was required was on the part. Yeah. It really was a brilliant event. And I've got to say, as I said at the start of this, go onto our YouTube channel to watch it. Um, Plenty of more lives coming up as well in the in the near future. I've also got to mention Monard Precision, where Colin and Chloe were this week. They also went to see um, Martin at Hydrofeed uh, as well. They were filming at both of those destinations. Um, so we'd had at that, and, and that just sums up Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Now on Thursday, uh, the team were at LNR Precision, which I believe is down in Gloucester. Well, I think they've just had a couple of new XYZs. Um, installed to uh, reduce the bottlenecks in production and they wanted to keep their cycles running longer. Now, they've bought some 750 LR machines. Now, the LR machines are the linear rail machines uh, that have been uh, brilliant sellers for XYZ. I know the guys at XYZ, they, they used to sell just the box guideway VMCs and it was always, if you want a VMC, it's got to be a box guideway. It's the HD version. They introduced the LR thinking that there was a market for it. They found a market there. They've not lost any market share on the HD. They've just grown their market share on the LR. So it's been a brilliant introduction um, that product has. And and equally, that's another company that has, has purchased one. Apparently... Um, Richard there uh, said, right spec, right machine, right price, fast delivery. You don't really need to say any more than no, that. No, I think he's do doing you? very well, isn't he? So um, so that that was Thursday. Um, Friday, now that's today. Now, I've been at Mill CNC this morning, um, actually done a, a couple of really good interviews with uh, Rich Wilson and Tony Dell. Um, I was look, talking to Rich Wilson about their DVF 6500 machine, which is a five-axis machine in centre. They go to five-axis range now, the DVF. They do a DVF 5000 and they do a DVF 8000. The 8000, you can swing a metre and it turns as well. Um, but the DVF range is... Well, you, you know Rich Wilson. I mean, it was great to interview Rich today because he's been at Mills now a year. Well, that's gone fast. It's gone, hasn't <laughs> yeah. it gone fast. He's been there a year, and I wanted to not really necessarily just promote the technology. Everybody knows about Doosan's technology and how many machines they sell and where they're made and what makes them good and Mills' backup and support. But I really wanted to extract Rich's journey in the last 12 months because, I mean, he's, he's entered into this business in COVID, you know, and it's been like, how do you grow a net? How do you grow a territory? He's a good salesperson. Uh, he is very good. <laughs> he is very good. But how do you grow a territory when you can't visit people? You, and if you can visit them, they don't know you maybe. So, so they're not going to welcome you as much as they would someone else. But it was just great to get his take on how, how he's fitted in at Mills and how he's sold a lot of machines. And he's done that because of the technology, but because of the support, the setup and the service that's allowed him to do that as well. And I've got to say, looking at their five axis, their DVF machine, it is perfectly positioned to become um, a big seller for them. You can add the AWC on it, which is like the auto work 
changer. So you can have this sort of 10 pallet system on it. You can have up to 120 tools as well. So if you do opt for the pallet system, you know you've got enough tools to be able to make. When's the video coming out? So the videos should be out. In fact, I did a couple of um, shorter pieces. They'll be out within the next two or three oh, days. But, but Richard's interview will probably be a week to 10 days. Brilliant. But it was the first time we managed to get Richard on camera. Um, and I, I, I do believe it will, that will be a, a really good review on a machine. And for people in the market for five axis, because, you know, we all know at the moment that machine tools are selling well, but stock is 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 getting harder to come across and a good five axis machine available immediately um will they have it's, it's, it's the same with the car industry at the minute you know that you cannot buy a brand new car at the minute because of the chip problem that's going on around the world you just can't buy cars there's massive lead times on cars and i think that going back to, to rich wilson i think that you know i think that the the, the playing the, the the game has changed hasn't it Paul, in regards to how you sell, yeah, and you've got to change with it. You know, it's no well, he, longer he, the same game. He, he was it's, saying he was having to go and meet people in car parks to sign up orders yeah. and stuff because he couldn't get in the factories. <laughs> I mean, he'd do the deal yeah. on the phone and say, "Well, I need you to sign this. Can I come and do yeah. it?" So uh, no, it was I'm glad great. He's doing well. We yeah. also did a great interview with um, Tony Dale on the TT thirteen hundred machine, which is a new twin turret, twin spindle turning centre. It's equipped with two Y axis, one top turret and one on the bottom as well. So you've got the ability to really balance out. You know, when you look at a Y-axis, you look at it and you go, okay, that can do certain things. So if I need to do those certain operations, I've got to do them on the top turret. But now if you've got a Y-axis on top and bottom, you can go, actually, do you know what? I'll fit that that machining operation in wherever it wherever it fits. Uh, and the TT1300 twin turret, twin spindle, 42 mil bar. You've got the option to go for up to 52 mil bar so you can really start tackling those two, those two inch uh, jobs. That's a machine that's in stock as well and a machine that is full of technology. So those two machine that's reviews brilliant. will be coming to the channel very soon. Um, final point I wanted to make, uh, we were also at Arrow Precision in Hinkley. Um, today where they've got a big Studer, a big Studer S41 cylindrical grinding machine and used for large work pieces and complex grinding jobs, which you would expect from Studer because Studer is one of these brands that you kind of, when it comes to cylindrical grinding, you go into machine shops and you see a Studer and you know it's going to be delivering to surface finish, don't you? And to tolerance. You just look at it and you go, that's kind of like... We talk about Merck it, earlier, but it's yeah, the, it's a different level, isn't it, Paul? Because I think that the machine tools, you know, the milling machines and the turning machines now with hard turning capabilities, you know, are capable of turning and milling to very tight tolerances and fantastic surface finishes. So when you think of a, a Studer, it, it's taken it to the very next level. There's still applications um, that require absolute precision and the perfect surface finish, not only over a short length, but over a long length or long or over a great surface area too. And, and you, you know, there's, there's still, they're still required, Paul. Yeah, they're, they there's are. still a they big are. need for these machines. They are. And that was really in a, in a sense, our week this week. And it's been next week doesn't get any easier either. And we might even have semifinals to contend with halfway through. I wow. We're, we're, we're at Fanuc, I'm at Middlesex Aerospace. I mean, we've got so many visits lined up in the diary. I've um, got one point to make, Paul. If if England and Italy do get to the final, if Sky Sports are watching, <laughs> for a small fee, we'd be more than happy to come and commentate and come to the game. <laughs> well, you, you say that, and I know I saw your photos from the day you were at Wembley, and I was there as well. 
it was terrific to see. You could see the the platform where the in, uh, where Rio Ferdinand when I was there, Brilliant. Alan Shearer, Gary Lineker, yeah. and uh, Jurgen um, Klinsmann. Yeah, was it Jürgen, Klinsmann. Was it Klinsmann? Yeah. yeah, they were doing the commentary. Yeah. They were there two hours before. You could see them doing all the test runs, and it just reminded me. It's, it's, it's like when we set up a live show, isn't it? It's Brilliant. No different. Brilliant. Here, Gary, one yeah. two, one two, <laughs> um, and even when and they were even. Again, they were you were waving and and what have you, and they were very accommodating yeah. too. And when when we left, we actually met Joe Cole and uh, Glenn Oddle too. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great day, great yeah. great day. So, in amongst all of this uh, football punditry, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's Friday um, on the road with MTD CNC. I did end last week's show by talking about something that I'd seen on Lad, Lad Bible, and it was funny this week because you weren't there, Gia, but we were at um, ETG and we were talking to to Chloe. And uh, said, did did you um uh what did it what was it called the sniper sniper's nightmare? I said, did you hear about the sniper's nightmare? She goes, no, but I know something about a sniper. I was like, what's that? I said, she said, well, what's yours? I said, sniper's nightmare. Reed. Bob's left to right, and that's what they called him, snipers. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you see, the thing is, my my, my brother-in-law, we call him a, sl- a sniper's dream. I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, he's got a massive head. <laughs> 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 so we'll conclude this show on, on, a, on a similar theme to the last one um, don't forget you can join us every Friday evening uh, at 6 o'clock where we talk about what we've been up to on the road G, have you got any final points you want to make on this show I think you've rounded it up perfectly Paul brilliant thanks I know for, you've got a podcast with DMG Mori on Monday yeah well, that would be great so take a uh, make sure you subscribe to the MTD podcast is, the, is probably my, my final thoughts um, there's some great content out on the podcast there channels. is where we've got the Hass one as well coming out and that's going to be a fantastic that's that's due to come out now on the 2nd of august there's a big queue now got williams podcast williams racing podcast that's that's going to be coming soon too um so yeah it's it's a busy time at mtd it is good stuff and good luck for italy tonight Uh, so that's it for this week's on the road with mtd cnc join us the same time next week six o'clock on friday evening for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.